What if I told you that being lazy was actually the secret to building a more successful business? Well, that's what I want to share with you in today's video. I'm actually going to share with you what I call the lazy genius four effortless productivity tips that have made me millions. And I think some of these lessons and ideas can really serve you as well. Hey, welcome to the Healthpreneur Show. I'm Uriel Kim, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. You are listening to this because you are a health professional or coach who is committed and driven to growing a successful virtual practice or coaching business online. In these episodes, I'm going to give you the best of the best when it comes to marketing, sales, mindset, business growth in general to help you achieve those goals. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Winning. Uriel Kim here, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I'm a naturally, I'm naturally a pretty lazy person. So I, I talk about how I love to work, and I obviously I don't grind. I mean, I just do what I love to do. But when I'm not working, I can be massively lazy. I'm talking about like laying on the couch and watching six hours of soccer. Now you might say, well, like that seems like a really big waste of time. And the answer is yes. So I want to just, I want to mention something to you here. There's two ways to build a business or to achieve anything in life. You can put in more effort or you can use more leverage. If you're not somebody who is inherently lazy like I am, then you might really enjoy doing everything yourself and you don't want to ask for help and you just go, 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 go. So the reality reality of growing that type of business with that type of model is you have to work more until you burn out. And if you don't want to burn out, you have to work less, which obviously compromises the output you can create as a business owner. On the flip side is you're someone who's lazy like I am. And that's not a bad thing in the slightest. I actually do think it's a superpower because if you are lazy, what you require is a massive amount of leverage. And that's what I want to share with you in this video. Specifically, there are four things I want to share with you. So number one is the idea um, around leverage as a necessity. So here's the thing, as a business owner, so a business produces profit for the owner independent of the owner's input. So if you think of a franchise like McDonald's, right? The owner of a given franchise is not the one flipping the burgers, taking the cash and doing the fries. No, no, no. They own the restaurant that is run on a system and has all sorts of people and technology doing the work. That's called leverage. Leverage is essentially how much output you can create for a given input. If you require a little bit of input to create a massive output, you have a lot of leverage. Let's look at the example of an Uber driver versus the CEO of Uber. So an Uber driver has little to no leverage. They pick up a, a passenger, they drive for 30 minutes, and they get paid for that duration or that drive. Their income is 100% dependent upon their time and the number of passengers or rides they do. Okay? Now, the CEO of Uber could be laying on the beach and doing nothing, and he likely has hundreds of thousands of drivers all around the world who are working on his behalf, and the company and him are getting a small percentage of everyone's efforts. So the CEO of Uber has a very small input for a huge output, and that's called leverage. And that's what a true CEO does, is we, as business owners, use systems or people to create leverage to do things that we can't do or don't want to do. Okay, so that's the first idea that I want you to really understand is, is really using and thinking about leverage as a necessity if you want to build a great business. Because if you don't have leverage, then you only have your time and effort. When it comes to scaling businesses, there's really a simple form. I call this the scale equation. It's really simple. Scale equals leverage times learning. That's it. Leverage 
Think of it as systems, people, processes, and then learning as skills. So the more of the leverage you have multiplied by the more skills you have, the more your business can grow. So the purpose of this video, I want to talk a bit more about the leverage piece, not so much the skills. And I really want to get you thinking about how can we incorporate more leverage into our business? Okay. So when I think about leverage, I think about it in three ways. We have systems, processes, and people. Okay. So a process is how we do things, right? So it's like we do this, then this, then this. A system is a collection of processes that produce an outcome without necessarily requiring as much of your input. And then people are the team around you. Okay. So we're going to dive into the three of these. So Let's look at an example of uh, two types of business models. If you followed my work, if you followed my videos, you know, I talk a lot about paid traffic and organic social traffic, both have their place, but understanding that there's pros and cons to both. So if we look at organic social traffic or, or that type of business model of you posting on social media, okay, that is 100% your effort. Like you have to, you have to shoot the video, you have to post the caption, respond to comments, you engage people in the DMs. That's 100% your effort. Okay. Now, there are ways of creating leverage there, and I'll talk about that in a second, but I want to just start there, okay? Because people think about like that as the free way to grow your business. It's not really free because it's using your time. And if you want more time back, then what else is there, right? Your time is the most expensive thing you have. So it's not free because it requires all of your time. We have on the flip side, paid traffic, right? So I talk about, you know, using social media ads, Facebook, Instagram ads to get more visibility at the click of a button. So you could have zero following, right? And no posting, like no content posted, but you could hit an ad up onto Facebook or Instagram and instantaneously you could reach a hundred more, hundred times more people than your content ever could. That's leverage, right? Now, if you spend $5 a day on Facebook ads or social, Facebook, Instagram, I'll just call them social media ads. $5 a day will show your ad to this many people. If you spend $500 a day, it's going to show it to this many people more leverage, right? So in this case, money is a point of leverage. The more you invest, the more leverage or the more exposure your stuff gets, right? So that's the paid version. So paid anything is going to give you huge amounts of leverage compared to doing everything yourself. So why wouldn't more people do the paid stuff? Because they don't know how to do it. And there's risk, right? If you don't know how to do it, then you could lose the money. That's fair to say. So you have two options. You can skill up, which goes back to learning times skills, and you can learn how to do it properly. And then you can, with that skill set, tag on the leverage of clicking a button, adding a zero to how much you want to spend, and boom. And that's how our clients go from zero to six figures in the space of like a couple of weeks in some cases, right? By contrast, if you build your whole business on social, you can still do that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It just takes a lot more time because there's a lot less leverage. Does that make sense? So from a systems perspective, that's just kind of giving you two business models and understanding the difference, pros and cons to either one. So let's talk about the third thing here. The third pr productivity tip is around uh, people and your team. So let's look in the context of these two business models that I just described. If you are running social or I'll give you an example from our business. That's probably the most uh, applicable here. So for the first three years of Healthpreneur, I didn't do anything other than our perfect client pipeline, which is our paid traffic business model. Okay? Nothing, no podcast, no YouTube channel, no social. I didn't even have an Instagram account. Three years in, I had two clients who were like, hey man, you should really look at this Instagram thing. It's it's pretty big deal. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take pictures of my lunch. They're like, no, no, it's, it's more than that. So I was like, eventually I was like, okay, cool. I'm a little bit late to the party, but let's just give it a go. This is back in like 20, 2018, 2019, I think. So at the time, the reason I, I wanted, I was willing to do that is because, you know, we had built a multiple seven-figure business already by this point, based on the fact that we could leverage paid traffic to grow very quickly. And at this point, I had the right people in place 
so that I didn't have to do much. Like I love creating content. Now this video that I'm shooting, this is the only part of this process I'm involved in. Like I'm not the one who does everything. I don't edit these videos, right? If I did, I would have no leverage. I don't, right? And now obviously some of our videos have more production editing than others, but the, the key is I don't do any of that stuff. All I do is think about the ideas and I shoot the video and then we have a whole process and team that takes care of that. I love creating contents, but I know that it takes a huge amount of time and effort and I would never do it if I didn't have the right team systems and processes in place to make it happen because then otherwise it is just way too much work. The juice is not worth the squeeze because it's almost like reverse leverage. The amount of output, like in the context of a YouTube video, the amount of out, uh, input required, the shooting, the editing, the, the research, all that stuff for a small, tiny output is not very encouraging, especially when you're, like, you're starting to grow a channel from scratch. Like you, no one sees your stuff. YouTube is a very hard platform to grow on. I don't recommend it. Like I've told you this before, we have, I told our team, this YouTube channel, I don't care what comes from it in the next five years. I'm creating content that I want to create that's going to be useful to our viewers. And that's it. I know over time, this channel is going to explode because the content is epic. I know that. I don't need people to give me thumbs up and comments to be like, this is awesome. I know it's awesome and I know when it sucks. But the cool thing is that because we don't require this to grow our business, we're able to do this from a place of wanting to as opposed to having to. And because we have a team in place, I don't have to put a huge amount of input in to get an output. At this time of this recording, we have about just under 11,000 subscribers. So it's not a lot. And so all, a lot of our videos don't get hundreds of thousands of views. So you could say that's kind of demoralizing. And to be honest, if I was focused on the views and subscriber count, it would be, but I'm not. I'm focused on the bigger picture, okay? But if I had to grow this channel from scratch and I needed my business to depend on it, I would be out of business because the output is so small relative to the input, which is why I don't recommend most people start off with doing stuff like this. Because if you're starting with zero subscribers and a brand new channel, you're not, no one's gonna see your stuff, right? Unless you're in a very highly searched, like health and fitness type of space, and you're somehow able to cut through the massively competitive noise, which is not, it's not easy to do. My first YouTube channel uh, in my first business, which is an online health and fitness business, we grew to 300,000 subscribers, but it took nearly 10 years to get there. So like social, for instance, like TikTok and Instagram, you'll grow a lot faster because there's more shareability and virality to the nature of those platforms. So you, like naturally those platforms have more leverage initially than YouTube does. But the thing about YouTube is that long-term, it has the most leverage out of any platform. Why is that? Right now, if you type in like how to do a coffee enema on YouTube, you'll probably find a video I shot from my previous channel 10 years ago. What's interesting about that video is that it's still live and it'll still be on YouTube into perpetuity. And now for the rest of my life and beyond, that video will live on YouTube. The same with this video and every other video on this channel is every single time I create a video, although it may not get initial, you know, leverage, over time, assuming we keep this going, those videos will continue to get more and more reach if they've been optimized properly and they're good. Hey, quick little interlude in today's episode. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. And if you're the same, you might enjoy this content in video format. If that's the case, be sure to head over to YouTube. Just type healthpreneur when you're searching in the YouTube browser and you'll come across our channel. A lot of the episodes for this podcast actually originate on our YouTube channel as videos. And if you'd like to see more of the visuals that I talk about in many of these episodes, then I would encourage you to go on over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel and enjoy all of the longer form videos as well as a lot of the shorts 
that we post online on a daily basis. So head on over to YouTube if you're a visual learner like I am, and let's get back to the show. So we want to think about what game are we playing here? Like I'm like, I want to, I, hopefully this is making sense for you because a lot of people don't think about this, right? They don't understand the concept of leverage. They think that they can just use their time to grow their business. And you can't, if you want to grow your business in any way, shape or form, that's relatively big or fast. Okay. And I share that with the context of understanding that anything great takes time. So when I say fast, I mean, you can build a six figure business online coaching clients in well under 12 months. 100% we've helped so many clients do that. It's very hard to do that if you're just relying on organic and starting relatively from scratch. You can certainly get a bit of traction, but to have the leverage early on is very hard, okay? So that's why I'm a big fan of thinking about paid versus organic, but also th this whole concept of people, this team around you. And I understand that there's a time and place to have a team and people around you and there's a time and place not to. Like when you're starting out and doing everything yourself, you don't have the luxury of a lot of cash to hire people, nor should you. If you're making anything less than $15,000 a month, you should not be hiring anyone other than an assistant. I see people that are at like 5K a month and they want to outsource their whole business to an agency. I'm like, are you crazy? You might as well just burn it. It's like burn your business to the ground because that's what's going to happen. This is why we exist. This is why I do what I do because there are so many health professionals and coaches who have no fucking clue about what they're doing. And so they go hire these expensive agencies who do shit and can't even grow their business. And then the business owner is left with no skills and no understanding and they can't grow it on their own. There is no shortcut to growing a great business. You have to learn this stuff. Now, when you learn it, then you're better able to hire because then you can have people doing what you did and no longer want to do. And you have a level of expertise based on experience to be able to say, this was good and this was shit. This is what I'm looking for. This is not what I'm looking for. But if if you have not worn the hat, I would strongly advise against hiring someone to do it for you until you figure it out at least early on. So the irony is that when you're starting, you have little to no leverage because you have to do everything yourself. But by doing things yourself, you build the skills and the more the skills you have, the better you can leverage those because you now understand what to look for. Does that make sense? So when you are bringing people around you, right? Ultimately, the goal in business is to help a lot of people, right? Is to make a lot of money, but also like you don't want to do everything yourself. So you want to build a business and you have to have the right people in those seats to help you do that. You want people who are going to drive the business forward and then you ultimately become more of the the coach to your team as opposed to your clients all the time. So a lot of our mastery clients throughout the position of, you know, multiple six figures to growing to seven and beyond, what we help them with is this piece of the puzzle, which is like, hey man, I'm already doing like 50K a month, right? Cool. But I'm, I'm starting to kind of like feel a pinch. Like I'm burnt out. I'm doing a lot of the work myself. It's like, cool. Let's talk about what that hiring ladder looks like. Who are you going to hire first? How are you going to onboard them? How are you going to train them, et cetera? So one of the mindset shifts we help them with is understanding that when you are hiring and working with team members, every minute you spend with them is going to buy you back hundreds of hours. So don't expect, this is the, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that someone's hired and then it's like, you do it. So it's it's not even delegation, it's abdication. It's like, I don't even want to do this. You figure it out. And there's no coaching, there's no training, there's no nothing. There's no expectations, there's no feedback, there's no metrics, there's nothing. So this person comes in and they don't even know what success looks like because they're just all over the place. And then the owner doesn't even know how to coach this person. And nor do they want to because they're like, I hired this person so I could buy back my time. I don't want to do anything. It's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. How this 
this works is you hire someone, you have a cadence of communication and feedback with them, which is not going to be as much as if you did everything yourself, but you have to coach them. You have to work with them. So the way I look at this is if I'm training or coaching anyone on my team, I always think to myself, okay, it's an hour on my calendar, but it's really saving me 10 hours a week. Or in the future, it's going to save me hundreds of hours a year because I never have to do this again if I train this person up properly. Does that make sense? So the people are a really big leverage point in your business and any business, but they have to be trained and coached properly so that you're not the one having to come back in and fix stuff. So that's the third piece is the people, right? So we've talked about the idea of leverage. Second, we've talked about the importance of building systems and understanding the difference in business models. Third, we've talked about team. And fourth is I just want to give you this idea around uh, structure equals free or structure creates freedom. This is a concept I had a, a very hard time understanding. Because if you're like me, you probably want freedom more than anything, right? The freedom to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with whom you want on your own terms. So because of that, we're like, I don't want any structure. I don't want anything in my calendar. I don't want like, I don't want anything. And that's that's how I operated for quite some time. But it, it took me a very long time to realize that an unstructured life is chaotic and it actually doesn't create as much freedom as you think it does. Not at least not for me. When I flip that to, I'm going to put some very strong boundaries around my life, around my time. All of a sudden, I had way more focus. And as a result of that, I had a lot more freedom outside of that. So so how, what does that look like exactly? So think about any aspect of your life on a day-to-day basis. You can put in different constraints and parameters. So think of it like going to a bowling alley and you've got the bumpers on the uh, the alleys, okay? So you can kind of work within those. You have a lot of freedom to work within those, but these are the constraints. So as an example, um, one constraint could be, like if you have kids like me, like I'm finished work at three o'clock, done, okay? Why? Because when the kids are home, I'm with the kid. So all of a sudden, I have a hard stop, which is a form of structure, which allows me to have more freedom afterwards. So when I'm with my kids, I'm not bouncing back and forth between work and family. I'm not, as much as my brain is always thinking about work, I understand that that's not going to change, but how do I put a boundary in place where I'm more present with them? So that's one example. Another simple example is actually just, you know, we've got these cool little healthpreneur index cards. Today's top three priorities right there, not 30 priorities, top three. And simply by articulating those the day before, like here's the three things I have to get done tomorrow, all of a sudden we've created structure so that if that stuff is done, you have the the levity of mind to not have to worry about stuff. Like you just know this is what I'm working on tomorrow. When it's done, it's done. And then you can move on to something else. I don't like scheduling a lot of stuff in my calendar. And I know some people are like every 15 minutes is like they have no white space in their calendar. I mean, if that's you, that's cool. That's not me. I mean, I have my major things in my calendar and that's about it. But the thing is, giving yourself permission to be more structured will give you more freedom because when you don't have structure, you have chaos. And if you've got a chaotic mind or life, it's very hard to feel free in respect to that. Okay. So I call this whole process the lazy genius because the cool thing about entrepreneurs, you, you have expertise. And if you think about how do I continually extract and leverage my expertise, how am I doing this thing? How do I extract it? How do I document it? How do I give it to someone else? As an example, yesterday, I was just walking my executive assistant through a process I go through on the first of every month to update some of our scorecards. I have to be involved in that process because of the way the user um, interface is set up and I have to have access to it compared to other people. But because she has access to everything, I basically said, here's what I do. It's going to take 30 minutes. I no longer want to do it. I'm going to walk you through the process where we're going to record this and then you build out the SOP. So now I spent 30 minutes with her once and I never have to do that again. Okay. So these are the things that I'm always looking at. I want you to encourage to think about. It's like, how are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Okay. 
to identify like what is it that I'm doing? Like, I don't know if you understand, like if you realize this, but there's actually a structure for how I come up with the ideas and outline for these videos. That's all documented in a Google doc so that if someone else were to create the ideas and the outline for those videos, I wouldn't have to do it. So think about what it is you do. Think about how do I document this into some kind of process, okay? You store it for later use for someone else. Maybe there's a system built around that, like when this happens, then this happens, and there's a kind of a, a conveyor belt, if you will, that uh, of processes. And then eventually, who can do this for me, right? If you're hiring someone, whether that's a VA, an EA, coach, whatever, these are things that eventually other people can do. And that's over time, how you go from you doing everything to eventually other people doing a lot more of the stuff for you. Does that make sense? So hopefully this has made sense. Um, if you want to go a little bit deeper onto some more productivity stuff, I encourage you to watch the next video where I'm going to walk you through some more tangible tactical stuff. Like I talked about the index card here. I'm going to give you four more productivity hacks that I've used to 10x my output over time. Uh, if you want to check out that video, it's coming up right next. And I thank you for hanging out with me today. Check out the next video. I'll see you there and I hope you have an awesome day. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, here's what I'd love for you to do next, is if you're not already subscribed to The Health Burner Show, go ahead and hit that button wherever you're listening to this to make sure you do not miss a single episode coming your way. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. And here's why. Because I lay in bed awake at night wondering, are you enjoying this show? Do you get a lot of value out of this? And I never really know until I hear from you. All kidding aside, I would really appreciate a rating or review because as you know, the more people know about this show, the more people we can help and your ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So thanks for hanging out with me once again and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.